Precision Medicine holds great promise for treating genetic diseases such as certain types of cancers. To drive progress, Harvard Business School Executive Education has developed a new program, Accelerating Innovation in Precision Medicine, which brings together leaders from business, science, medicine, and technology to explore new models for advancing personalized medicine. The program takes place on the Boston campus in September. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me slash precision. That's hbs.me slash precision. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. You know, the look it was giving me. Welcome to Bigfoot Hotspot Radio, Sasquatch Chronicles. I'm your host, Wes, along with my brother, Woody, and researcher, author, and friend, William Jeppy. Let's start the show. July, 1924. Two miles east of Mount St. Helens in Washington State, five miners' lives were changed forever. Fred Beck and his associates find tracks and begin arguing. What, no there? How do you know you didn't actually see it? Well, I've seen the tracks, they about 18 inches long. The five miners were stalked and harassed by an unknown creature when traveling from their mine to their cabin. Until one day, they came face to face with the creature. One of the miners raised his rifle, took aim, and fired. was a decision he would later come to regret. Few stories become legendary. This is one of them. 
In an act of revenge, the creatures returned that night as the miners slept. The creatures threw rocks and tried to get into the cabin. They came at the men from every angle, including the roof. The creatures were everywhere. The miners fought back, firing anywhere and everywhere. The attack lasted through the night. Just before dawn, the creatures broke off their attack and left. All five miners along with their cabin, survived the attack. Moving debris and exiting the cabin, the men try to comprehend what had happened that night. made a pack, never to speak of this, to anyone. The story eventually got out. Where the attack happened is today called Ape Canyon. Cabin, the site where the cabin was, of course, the cabin burnt down in 1962, I want to say. I know it was in the 60s. 
and there was nothing left of it. I went there with a, a group of friends in 1976, and, uh, and this was on some information. John Green had referred a college student in Portland to me for some information for a paper he was writing on Bigfoot. So in the course of our conversation, he had been to the site of the cabin and told me how to get there. Well, the cabin was never lost, uh, or the location was never lost. It's on the north side of the head of Ape Canyon, which is when you go on the Plains of Abraham just to the east of Mount St. Helens, uh, the head of the canyon is there, and it was just to the north side of that where the cabin was located. So it was never lost. What's the state of the cabin in now? There's nothing there. There was no sign back in 1976. Uh, mm-hmm. The account itself was pretty interesting, and, and there was a you know a film done of it years ago, where they really had a lot of the the details wrong of that account. But uh, on the way to the cabin on that particular trip, they had found tracks along the Lewis River, and the guy he names as the pseudonym Hank, the head of their party, was actually kind of scared about that. You know, they didn't really talk about it a whole lot. They did shoot at one of the creatures that was watching him near a tree. They knew they hit close because the bark flew off the tree near the near the creature. Uh, it took off, and of course they were attacked throughout that entire night. And there were some misconceptions about what they saw. Well, there was uh, they used to call it chinking the mud that they would put in between the rough hewn logs, you know, to kind of seal up the side walls. Right. So it was a bright moonlight night, and they there were you know a couple inch gaps in that material, and the um, where the chinking had come out, they could see out through the walls and they could see clearly see these creatures they didn't know how many they estimated somewhere between four and six of them but of course they threw rocks at the cabin and at one point one of the guys had an axe and and the thing got a hold of the axe you know he was holding it on one side and the creature got it the other and he wrestled it away from the creature and uh, it never actually reached into the cabin it couldn't reach in but uh, at any rate uh, the following morning when they went out after the hostilities ceased and uh, Fred Beck and, and Hank saw one of the creatures near the cabin and actually shot the creature. And I don't recall which one of the two men shot it, but they shot it, and it fell into the canyon. So that was pretty much uh, the story. And they, at first, weren't going to tell anybody. Then one of them told, and the story got out. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. You know, a lot of people, I think, think that, from what I read from Fred Beck's account, is that this thing had been stalking them and kind of harassing them, and they kept finding the tracks, like you were saying, Will. The tracks themselves were, uh, what, 19 inches long? Yeah, I believe they were in that range. So fascinating, fascinating story. I might do more of those. I'm kind of working on the uh, Teddy Roosevelt, the Teddy Roosevelt yeah, encounter. Yeah. Talked to the web developers today and been working hand-in-hand with them, uh, trying to get the website up and going. And we're shooting for November 1st. But I think it'll be up before then. I'm pretty excited about about the website. I'm excited. You know, I'd like to do more things like the Ape Canyon story, kind of telling the stories, add more type of content like that, um, and have the time to create stuff like that. So it's more of an enjoyable experience for people to listen to. But um, the website itself will should be up here shortly, and I'm pretty excited. As we get closer to November 1st, um, we'll be giving people the website address. And so I hope all of our listeners out there who enjoy the show, I hope they go out and sign up and support us uh, so we can keep doing what we're doing and provide information and create a better listening listening experience for everyone. 
there will be a lot more than than what we have initially on there. Of course, as, as we move past the, the go-live date, we'll be adding a lot more content. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm yeah. pretty excited about it. I cannot wait till people see it. Yeah, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it looks sharp. I want to welcome to the show Jack. We had Jack on previously. Jack's actually a special investigator for the police department. And we want to bring Jack back to the show to discuss some strange occurrences. You sent me a uh, piece of information about a call that you received recently. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and let you talk about that. Yeah, I got a... Uh, well, let me let me go back to a couple weeks prior to that. Uh, or at least a week prior to that or something like that. It was a week to ten days. Uh, you know, I was doing a report, sitting alongside the road working on my NDT, which is uh, the onboard computer in our patrol units, and I hear three whoops right in a row, and they weren't very far from me. Like, within five minutes, I hear three more, and they're way further away from me. So I'm thinking, nah, you know, can't be it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just kind of blew it off. So you remember I was telling you about it. Right. So, uh, you know, here about a week ago, I get a, not even quite a week ago, I get a, a call for service, uh, possible uh, uh, home invasion. So, I, you know, I show up, me and my partner do, or uh, another county guy show up, and, and we're we're walking up to the house, and, you know, it's an older couple, and and uh, the older couple's kind of kind of a little wigged out, and I said, well, you know, what's happening? Well, this old man said, you know, they'd been in bed a couple hours, and this is like one in the morning. So he said, we've been in bed, you know, several hours, and all of a sudden we hear a crash in the kitchen. Of course, his wife stayed in the bedroom, and he walks out in, in the kitchen area, and, and he's looking around. There's broken glass all over the place. He goes out, and he's he's looking out through the, the broken window, and then he goes out to the front because he's going to walk around and see if, you know, if it was somebody threw a rock or something well as he's standing on the porch he kind of looks around and as he turns to his to his right he said this big hairy arm swiped down at him and it was about he said mm-hmm. it was about seven seven and a half feet eight feet tall so uh you know kind of kind of boogered him a little bit and he took it took a step back and this is not a young man this is this is an elderly gentleman and probably in his late seventies. So he takes a step back and, and the thing's just kind of looking at him, kind of weaving from side to side a little bit and, and turns around and walks across the road down into a drainage ditch and back off into the, in the woods he goes. Well, you know, by that time his wife's already called 911 and then we get dispatched and we, you know, we were there in a short time. I mean, I was just around the corner though when I got dispatched. So we get to looking around. We didn't find any blood, uh, but we did find a rock about the size of a softball. <laughs> and uh, he's like, there's no such thing as, as this. And I, I, there just mm-hmm. isn't. And I'm like, yeah, there is. Kind of leaving that to the side. I said, okay, I, I guess I really did hear what I thought I heard. Here just the other night, I was uh, had taken my lunch break, and there was a animal control officer there, and, and I've known her a while. She's she's a pretty decent person. She's telling me about a call that she got called out on, and I said, uh, 
okay, you know, Al patrol officers' calls are like Chihuahua walking down the road. You know, okay, why does this interest me? And, and she said, no. She said, I get a call for a dog fight. Well, that that seems to be the predominant one of the the, the issues we have around here is, is uh, dog fights do occur, and it's it's usually humans inducing the dog fights. So uh, I said, okay. And she said, we we get out to this vacant lot, it's got an old abandoned trailer house on it, and we're looking around. Neighbors didn't want to hurt it. We get into the back of the back of the trailer house, and there's about. 15 or 20 dogs laying out there and they're just all beat to hell. A couple of them are ripped apart. I said, okay, are these just, you know, was this like a gang, you know, a gang pile of dogs or she said, no, I think it was a feral pack. And what concerned us was, is that a couple of them had their jaws ripped apart. And I said, what do you mean? She said, it's like somebody had taken, their hands and just rip their jaws in two. Uh, the other ones were just just totally beat up. You could tell that they they had some severe internal injuries. I said, that's okay. not something that just normally happens to a pit bull, right? No, no. And that was the wild thing was is that you know when I'd asked her, I said, well, what kind of breeds were these? She said these were pit pit crosses. And she said that's you know it's not uncommon to define these these feral packs are, you know, pits or pit crosses uh, is the predominant breed. But these, I mean, these dogs were beat up. So, you know, next morning I I called my boss and told him what had happened. And, and uh, I said, I'm, on, I'm just going to kind of check into this because this is, I mean, this is right next to my jurisdictional line. It's in my ETJ, my extraterritorial jurisdiction. So uh, as I got to looking around, and uh got to investigating this, ran into the to the animal control officer. She wouldn't talk to me about it. I said, What the hell's up? She said, I can't talk to you. Prior to me, you know, cutting loose from her the other night when we were eating dinner, she said, you know, but Fed showed up and run everybody off. And I said, What do you mean Fed showed up? She said there were like DLM officers there, there was Border Patrol there, uh she said, I thought there was BEA there. They basically run us off. I said, okay, well, that's kind of odd. Well, sounds like an unlikely combination for a, a dog fight. Exactly. Yeah. You know, something something just really didn't, because as soon as they found the dogs, they called it in saying, hey, look, we need a you know, hazmat crew to come out here, and we got to start scooping these carcasses up. Uh, one or two carcasses they'll handle, but if they've got a bunch of them, uh, they call in a hazmat crew because you don't know if you're going to run into rabies or something like that. Sure. So, anyways, I get to get to investigating it and ask her about it again. She wouldn't talk about it. Well, I get a call from my boss saying, you need to come in the office. So, I'm back to the office. And he said, her boss called me. You need you need to quit asking her questions. Well, you, you don't tell a cop that. You just don't tell a cop that. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna find out what the hell is going on. Come to find out, went to 911 dispatch. 911 tapes are missing. And we're supposed to be all digital. So it's, it's stored in the server. Was no 911 call. I did find out who called in the, <clears throat> the, the dog fight. 
and talked to them. They said, yeah, it was, you know, one minute it's all quiet. Next minute it sounded like, sounded like, you know, Fallujah in 2005. It just, you know, it was just one massive fight. And we got a little concerned because, you know, we got kids in this neighborhood. I said, okay. I said, uh, anybody else come around? They said, well, there were some people come up and ask questions, you know, and they were in suits. I said, what do you mean suits? I said, they were in business suits. I said, okay. Well, that's odd. Uh, it's not unusual to have DEA show up to, to something like this because, because of the drug aspect. A lot of drug dealers like keeping pits around for protection, you know, protect their stash and their, in their, uh, you know, their, their hideouts. Right. But to go and ask questions of, you know, neighborhood residents is a little odd. So I got to doing some research where I'm at. There used to be a hermit in 1880 that lived up in the, in the mountains. Uh, he mysteriously had had gotten uh, uh, they'd found him dead, basically is what happened. And he'd been there several years. Uh lived in a cave. Actually kinda left everybody alone. You know, he's just one of those you know you don't mess with him, he won't mess with you, everything's good. You know, and a lot of the the local farmers would take him stuff to eat. Uh, but that's how they found him. They found him dead. And he didn't have any bullet wounds or stab wounds. He was beat to death. Mm-hmm. And they found him just right outside his cave. We've had several missing people over the years. Uh, one of the, the, the big ones was the Fountain Disappearance. Uh, Colonel uh, Albert J. Fountain and his son Henry come up missing. Now, there was uh, there's a strong argument to be placed on that it was foul play by a bunch of cattle rustlers uh, because he was special prosecutor for for uh, Lincoln County. Lincoln, uh, he got his, his writs, but like I said, there's a strong argument to be made that, that it was foul play, but it, it, they couldn't find anything. They, they found Colonel Fountain. This is in 1898 when this happened. They found Colonel Fountain's buggy. They found his horse. They found, you know, his valise. They found his his kids' belongings, but they didn't find Colonel Fountain or his son Henry. What I mean, they disappeared. They disappeared. No trace whatsoever. Now, two guys were brought up on charges, but they didn't have any proof that they were even anywhere within the vicinity of where Colonel Fountain had come up missing. So they they never got convicted, and then several people thereafter there'd been disappearances through the years. Soldiers or you know service members had come up missing, but nobody could explain why. One guy here not long ago that broke down alongside the road, and they found his car, but they didn't find him, and nobody knows where he's at. So like an ongoing problem. It, it, it's an off and on problem. It, it, it'll, you know, it's not like anything's going to happen right then. Like I said, it's an off and on problem. It's not, it's not something that, that's continuous, like from year to year to year. They may have something happen this year, and it may go four or five years. Jack, it sure sounds like a lot of laws showing up 
or a dog fight. I mean, it's, you, know, you know, exactly. Uh, and, and it's odd that, and that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, I, I know DEA will investigate certain areas, known drug trafficking areas, and if there's a dog fight, then that you know builds their case. But they don't normally go and, and talk to neighbors. Yeah, uh, they don't normally go and ask, "Well, what did you see? What did you hear?" And, you know, how many dogs were involved. Right. Um, and, you know, in, in law enforcement circles, we'll call it totality of events. Taking into consideration all that's happened. This is a 911 case. Uh, lack of cooperation from animal control, especially after initial contact. Let me ask you, what, what was going through your head when you have an animal control person, their supervisor calls your supervisor, and tells you to stop asking questions. I mean, that that seems really odd to me. Well, what initially went through my mind was WTF. You know, I'm like, yeah. since when does a supervisor for animal control call, uh, you know, a, a cop's chief and complain? They're usually begging for our help. Yeah. yeah. Especially if they think it's, uh, you know, especially a dog fighting. That's when they get real concerned because they're not, I mean, they're, they're prepared to handle aggressive dogs. They're not prepared to handle aggressive people. Uh, and they don't have, they, uh, most states, their animal controls, uh, officers don't, they don't use their animal control officers in a, in a law enforcement capacity. They tend to, well, they go pick up strays or, you know, they'll they'll give somebody a, a written citation on taking care of your dogs. Isn't uh, erasing nine one one calls a felony? It is. It is. But if you're the fence that's doing it, who the hell who who the hell's gonna arrest you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's never been a follow up on that, like looking into where that call went. Uh, well, you haven't heard anything. Well, I you know, I'd asked my chief about it and I told him I said, Look, you know, I, I found the, the woman that that had made the initial call, and she said, yeah, I called at this time. This is when it happened. And shortly thereafter, I'd seen them control show up. And then a short time after that, then there was like 15 cars out there and in a couple of vans. And he yeah, finds it odd. But he's, he's also, he, he, well, he's more pragmatic than I am. He, he's, he's like, you know what? Are you hurt? No. Did it hurt your pride? Well, not really, because I wasn't the one called out. Let it go. <laughs> not our problem. It, it just does seem like an inappropriate response, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. You know, you just kind of kind of take a step back going, wow, what is going on here? This has been beyond concerned. Yeah, it just seems like an odd, odd story for so much law to show up for a freaking dog fight. And the way yeah. the dogs, you describe them, you know, when dogs, well, I have a pit bull, and I love my pit bull like I love my children. Well, my children aren't listening, but I love my pit bull like I love my children. <laughs> and, but when dogs generally fight, they go after each other's, you know, usually it's a quick dog fight, and then they decide who's the biggest, baddest out of them, and then the dog fight's over with. I yeah. rarely do you see dogs, especially 15 dogs, all slaughtered. Like they were, it's just an odd story, man. It's just an odd, odd story. Uh, well, you know, like I said, you know, it, 
the totality of events uh, tells me that something more is going on where I'm at than than a lot of people want let out. Old man getting swiped at by a big hairy arm in a in a seven and a half foot eight foot tall figure standing out in front of his house, and he said it just barely missed, like just within inches. Did he describe the creature uh, to you that he saw? Did he, he actually describe it? And he he said it was it was huge. He said it was the biggest. He, he thought it was a man, and he said there's no way it could be what I think it is. And I said yeah it is, and he said. But they don't swipe at people. And I said, yeah, they do. They'll take a swipe at you if they get a chance. And he goes, well, how do you know that? And I said, I, you know, I just know. Uh, they're not the warm, fuzzy feeling type creatures you want to think they are. They, uh, they're very territorial. They're, they generally have a command presence. Uh, they don't want to be fussed with. They really don't like human contact. And you can't blame them because every time they've had human contact, nine times out of ten, especially in the past, it hasn't been very pleasant. Somebody's ended up on the wrong end of the set. They, uh, he's like, but it was the biggest man I ever saw. And I said, I'm telling you, it wasn't a man. Men don't stand out in front of somebody's house, 75 degree weather in a, in a hairy suit. That's true. They're just not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I talked to the old man for about an hour. And he's like, it can't be. And, of course, you know, we're looking for tracks. And there wasn't. It was zero skate property. It was all pebble and hard dirt. So, you know, there wasn't any any way to to even look for a track. And, as, you know, there was there was three of us there. So with three officers going around the place, it was, there was just no way to. It's so easy to, to destroy what tracks there was. Uh, and there was no definition track, so. After it took a swipe at him, did it turn and leave, or what happened after it took a swipe at him? And he said, just, it stared at him for about, he said, like five minutes, weaving back and forth. He finally just kind of turned around and walked off. And walked back across the road. How many times uh, we've heard almost that exact description where something will occur, you know, in some sort of an encounter with a person. And then they'll stand there and just stare at the person and then sort of casually walk away. Yeah, yeah like they didn't have a care in the world. Right. It was one of the weirdest calls I've ever been called out on. And, you know, and I get my fair share of, you know, strange, you know, call out, you know, call for services. Right. But this one took the cake. You know, this old man was pretty well wigged out. He didn't know really what to think about the whole mess. And he kept saying, there's no way. There's no way it could be a Sasquatch. I'm like, yeah, it was. I'm I'm the first one to tell you, yeah, it was. And, and you know, had he talked to a, an officer without experience with this subject, you know, it would have been just passed off as imagination or something else, probably. No, the guy's been there. drinking, or he, you know, his heart medication took a funny loop on him, or you know, whatever. They'd come up with some other excuse. But the minute he told me, he said this big hairy arm took a swipe at me. And he said, when I mean big, it's big. It was, it was a, a beefy arm. And he said, it just barely missed me. And he said, it was just as I was turning when it took the swipe at me. And he said, it was just that quick. I said, wow. I said, so, did I, you know, and I'd asked him, I said, do you think it meant business? And he said, well, you know, as fast as he was moving that arm, he said, you know, 
if he'd have hit me, he'd have probably killed me. You know what's interesting so, is is what it makes you wonder what the intention was by breaking the window, and then secondly, why it would take a swipe at him like that. I think he was my personal belief. I think he was trying to draw him out. Yeah, that makes sense. I think he was. I think he was trying to draw him out. And when he missed him, he either miscalculated or he wanted to, to put enough fear of God in him that he was going to leave the area. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I could be way off time. Yeah, and then he kept watching him like he just wanted to see what he was going to do. Just real curious. Hey, you know, with these things, I got a friend in, in Louisiana that's kind of having an issue. Poor soul. She's, you know, she's a single mom. She got a visitor. I, you know, I rib her about it. I said, well, you know, he knows you're single. You know, your son's six foot, ten inches tall. You might see your son as, as, you know, competition. That's why, he's, you know, he's basically shaking trees and raising hell around your house. And she's like, it ain't funny. I'm going to be, I ain't going to sleep forever. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get real about it, <laughs> but uh, you know she's having that, that kind of the same situation for her. She's got one of these creatures is set up residency right next to her house. The thing's doing you know odd, like it's hooting like an owl when they're outside, and it becomes very vocal when it's just her. Uh, when it's her and her son. Uh, she, she can smell a, like a wet, sweaty dog and she knows it's close. So, you know, I probably shouldn't rip her. Just trying to have a little fun with her, not fun at her, but fun with her. And I need to stop because she's, she's really starting to get scared. And I told her, I said, well, take it seriously. You need to. Cause if you don't, that's when something bad's going to happen. Exactly. And that situation could turn ugly very quickly. Yeah. Like, like within milliseconds. And I said, don't, I wouldn't go out in the woods by myself, personally. I said, I'd, I'd have two or three other guys with me. I wouldn't go out unarmed either. Because your best defense is you. You know, it, and they know what guns are. They're not stupid. They, they, they don't, they may not know how the thing functions, but they know when it's pointed at them, it can go boom and bad things happen. And don't, and she's like, well, maybe I ought to start, you know, setting out some, some treats for it. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, don't encourage <laughs> because it. Because, <laughs> yeah, if you make it dependent on you feeding it and you don't, that's when it's going to get mad. My own personal belief is, is that I've already seen one, even though it was dark. I don't want to see it again. I, I don't want to, I damn sure don't want to see it up close. You know, taking into account all that's happened through the years, Ape Canyon, other instances, you know, the Honobia siege, they can get serious. They can get deadly. Yeah, there are many, uh, many examples. And do you really want to tempt fate? I know, Jack, last time we had you on, we had to cut you short, but I know we got to have you back because I want you to talk about some of the Border Patrol agents and some of the other police officers that have had encounters. And I'd love to have you back oh. on the show to uh, to discuss all that. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. That's, most people that aren't believers have generally not come in and have never really had any kind of contact with them. 
and they just hear stories and they're like, all right, somebody's out there in the woods drinking beer or drinking the bad tequila that they got from Morris. Those of us that, that generally are believers are the ones that have come into contact with them. Not too often do you find true believers that, that have never seen one. But generally, yeah. when you have a true believer that's never seen one, they're like, oh, I want to see it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Trust me. No, you don't. I know group members, because I was in group. I know group members that have come in contact with them. They don't ever want to see them again. Uh, I know guys in Delta. They don't ever want to see them again. They just should not ever be called out again to, to go after one. Uh, I know cops that have made contact with these things. And, you know, these guys had run into a burning building with a friggin' garden hose. You know, they take on a grizzly bear with a, with a hickory switch. But when you bring this up, no, I think I'll stay home. <laughs> so I ought to tell you something. <laughs> yeah, there's a good reason for that reaction. Exactly. You know, and that's, there was a, oh God, I was uh, listening to a, uh, no, this is several years ago. Uh, listen to a commentary about one of the guys that that does this quite proficiently, or I, I shouldn't say proficiently, prolifically. Um, he goes out. We won't mention any names. Not money makers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he's talking about you know, and Matt Matt's probably a, a decent guy. He's probably a really decent guy. I just think he's so full of horse manure on some of his beliefs, like, you, you'd stand a better chance of survival messing with C4 with a blasting cap and deck cord. Uh, and you're out in the woods trying to hunt this damn thing down. What are you going to do when the, when the table's turned and the hunter becomes the hunter? Because yeah, that's a very good point. Finding Bigfoot, what are you going to do once you find Bigfoot? Well, exactly. Well, the, the, the whole aspect is, and, and it's an old cliche, but, you got a tiger by the tail at that point. I want to thank Jack for coming on the show, Jack. I really appreciate you coming on and and giving us an update on what's going on in your area. And I really do appreciate you, you coming coming back to the show. You bet. Thank you. Know, you. And, and, you know, and that's the thing is that, that, that this show, beyond all others, is probably the one that that takes the aspect that these are not the malevolent or the not malevolent but the uh benign benevolent thank you benevolent force creatures that they are uh, i think they're extremely dangerous they get a chance i mean they get a chance to 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 put a hurt on you they will uh this is the only show that that takes that aspect seriously there's far too many of the other shows out there that are like oh yeah well He's probably just out there looking for apples. Bullshit. He's looking in your house. He wants to eat you. <laughs> He's looking at you like you're the next thing on the menu. It's KFC just through the reach-in window. Just a self-serve I wonder if he's got potatoes. <laughs> Did you, you feel like a drumstick tonight? There goes your thigh. <laughs> Don't rip your leg off and beat you with it. Yeah, it's true. No, thank you, man. When we got to have you back, I got you know I want to have you back to uh, 
discuss the border patrol agents and some of the other uh, law enforcement. Oh, absolutely. Encounters. And, and here's the thing, and this is the one thing that you'll find out with law enforcement. We're really the only, I, I say law enforcement, uh, city and local, county, state, are the only ones that really kind of take this situation seriously. And it's it's sad when we're concerned about this. This could be a public safety issue, and the federal government's out there taking 911 tapes, removing yeah. bodies of torn up dogs. Come on. You know, if we got something going on here, we have a right to know. Let's do this, Jack. Let's have you back. Uh, would you be available next week if we uh, brought you back to uh, discuss some of this? Sure. Sure. Well, let's Absolutely. plan on it. Let's mark it on the calendar. Let's bring you back. And uh, I just want to thank you again for coming on, ma'am. You bet. Yeah, thank you. I'll take care. It was awesome. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care, guys. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Next on the show, we have Chris. And Chris has probably one of the best encounters I've ever heard. Are you ready, Shannon? I am so ready. All right. I want to welcome uh, Chris to the show. Hi, Chris. How are you this evening? Good, man. Great. Uh, Wes told me a little bit about your encounter. Uh, so what I'd like to do is just let's go back. Um, now, how long ago was this encounter? This this first encounter, I've had two. This first one was uh, 10 years ago now. I'm 21. I was probably like 12, 13 at the time, maybe 14. It was really young. at that time. So, there's um <clears throat> I live in Wayne, New Jersey. It's uh, up in North Jersey. Um there's like a summer camp that I do cuz I love nature, love the outdoors called the Outdoor Lab. So we go there <laughs> over the summer, start in June, it would end in August. We go all over uh New York, New Jersey, some of Pennsylvania, hit the big state forests, go camping, hit the trails and stuff. And there were maybe 20 kids to our group and we had like three camp counselors, so there were three adults and then 20 of us kids, 12 or 13. And, um, it happened. Let me ask you, let me ask you before, before that day, what, what did you know about the subject of Bigfoot? None, none, absolutely nothing. I mean, I hadn't entered my mind. I had no idea that these things were existing. I, I mean, I, the, the most I knew, I was always obsessed with nature and stuff and animals. So, I mean, the most I knew about like primates was seeing a gorilla on TV. That was the extent of it at that age. I had no, no knowledge whatsoever. Okay. So tell us what happened that day. So we went up to, um, this actually happened Bear Mountain State Park, which is like 52,000 acres. So we were on a trail in that state forest, Lemon Squeezer, I think it's called. That was the hike, basically in the center of the park. So we were hiking all day. Um, the bus would take us in to a certain entrance of the state park, and we'd hike up whatever the trail was. And this was a pretty strenuous hike. It was like seven miles up um, a mountain and then a few another, a couple more miles on flat land once you got on the top. So we got to the top of the mountain, I'm guessing. I mean, and we took a break for lunch. There was still like three more miles left on the trail. So me and one other kid who I was desperately trying to get to come on the show. I, I didn't even know if you guys did double interviews, but I mean, he still wouldn't, he, he won't talk about it. He's never told anyone. And he thinks I'm nuts for even talking about it. I mean, but he was there. He saw it. So, so we, me and him snuck off to have a cigarette. And this, I mean, my, you know, we were 13. We didn't know, but we knew, we knew about bears and we knew they ran from people. So we really weren't scared of anything. 
the camp counselor told us if we saw a bear, it would bolt. We we saw a bear coming up, you know, a few other times in the butts, and it would just run. So we really had no fear of you know any animals up there. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't know mountain lions were even up there. That wasn't in my mind. So we start going off down the ridge to sneak a cigarette. We get like half a mile away from anybody, this whole group. And what, what was so amazing about this was like these things must have been either watching us or, I mean, there was 20 kids. So it was just like, I thought any animal at all would have scattered. So we were hiking another half mile away from camp to smoke a cigarette. We get half a mile away and there's real thick woods on our left side that after we climb down the ridge, real thick woods, all deciduous pine trees. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what they were at the time, big thorn bushes. I don't, I don't know what kind that was right to our left. And we heard, something start walking we didn't hear it enter the wood it's like it's like as soon as we came down and hit the wood line that was to our left it was already there and it started walking next to us and i thought i mean we had no idea what what would be pacing us we didn't think it was a bear we didn't think i mean we thought it was a kid like coming to spy on us and go back and tell the camp counselor so we're hearing footsteps next to us no deliberate cracking or anything it's not loud it's just walking thump 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 it seemed like almost it was it would stop in front of us like it was it we couldn't keep up with it like we were walking and then it would get ahead of us by accident and stop like that's what it seemed like but it wasn't running and we were just like what how is it moving so fast like i, I that's what i was thinking i we didn't say anything we were nervous so we walked for another 10 15 steps and when this patch of wood stops it stopped it stopped at the edge we're looking back we're, we're thinking it's a kid who's going to go tell on us i yelled hey no response so, I mean, I, I still wasn't, like, scared at this time. I just didn't know what was going on. I was 13. I had no concept of an animal stalking me. I just thought it was a kid. We're like, all right, whatever. So we, there's a, maybe another five steps ahead of us. There's a little, I wouldn't call it a cave. It was an opening. Um, probably a raccoon could sit under there. So we turned, we turn around that. And as soon as we turned around that, there was something already standing in the road. I don't know if it had come out of the woods on the right or, or what. I turned, I turned the corners. <laughs> uh, we didn't walk any further. It was, it was already in the middle of the road. It was, I mean, now I'll say it was a Sasquatch. When I, dude, the only thing I could think of was I was looking at a monster. I looked at its face for three seconds and looked straight down. I could not look in its face. I mean, the face looked so scary to me at that time. I just, it was gray. It had, I was looking at its waist. I was probably five, six back then. I mean, it had to be at least 10, 11 feet tall. The, the arms, the shoulders, if I would have laid down, it, the shoulders would have probably covered from my head to my knees. The thing was enormous, enormous. And like what went through my mind first was, okay, it's not a bear. It has gray hair. And I couldn't even look, dude, I, it, it was, if I looked up at the face, I just felt like it was going to kill me. I, I couldn't look at the face. I look back, he's already running. He's gone at this point. As like maybe three seconds after we turned, he's gone. He's running. I don't know how we mustered up the courage to run. I couldn't move. I could not move. I, all I thought was I was looking at a monster. I was looking straight at its waist. So, I mean, and now the creepiest part is about this. In, in its left hand, I had, <laughs> I'm going to sound crazy, but <laughs> it had a dog. It had half of a dog. I mean, it was holding it by like the scruff of the neck. I mean, it was obviously dead. It was half of the dog. There were no hindquarters. It was the front legs and paws and the head. 
and his eyes were open. That 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 part, dude, gave me nightmares. I mean, the, 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 like I was looking at the dog's face. That's how tall this thing was. Like it was level. Like the dog was level with my my head, my eyes. And in its other hand, I, I didn't even I, I didn't know what to make of this at the time. But now looking back on it, I, it, I can it be only what I describe as an article of clothing or a blanket. Like it, it was hold. Like it had taken it from somewhere or something. I, I couldn't tell if it was a shirt or pants or a blanket. I, I didn't even. I was just fixated on. I didn't want to move my head. I didn't want to move my eyes. I, I was staring at the dog's face for like five seconds, and I looked away. I was freaking out. And this thing turns, takes one one half step, and looks back. I'm still not looking at its face. I'm terrified. I can't. I couldn't bring myself to look at its face. I couldn't. I was looking just straight at. It chest and pectorals and it turns its head back and then I just ran like it was I don't know if it was waiting to see if I was going to go after it but as soon as it took that step and looked back I could finally run when I gained a tiny bit of composure back I didn't hear the other, whatever was stalking us ever again I don't know if it left the area or what but I mean I was shaking I got back <laughs> the only what I can tell I'm listening to your guys show is now these people that say it looked human um i know you've discussed the type one and type two i mean it definitely wasn't human it, it, it was it looked like a patty type face a little bit less hair but it was definitely an ape face it was not a human face i didn't i didn't understand when people used to say it was a human face i mean this was not a human face it was a scary glaring ape face I mean, it, it wasn't a gorilla face it was an ape face but one that I'd never seen before, you know, right, or seen right. since. Like it, the glare—it was just glaring at me. It, I couldn't look in its eyes. I couldn't look at its face. From I saw it for the first second, and it was still ingrained in my mind. But I couldn't look up after that. It's a small detail. No way. Were, yeah. were you and your friend actually smoking before the creature started following you? No, we didn't even get to light him up. So I mean, I thought maybe the smoke would attract, maybe would have attracted it, but we never lighted him up. Yeah, our Never even horses told us that uh, one thing they learned was that smoking uh, seemed to get a per peculiar reaction out of these things. Um, oh. It's very interesting. Wow. I, you know, I, I my second sighting was of a gray Sasquatch, a really large one like that. Right. Too. And, and yeah, and Wes had told me, and, and I actually made a BFRO. Yeah, he told me that too, and I made a BFRO report, not knowing anywhere else to go when I was eighteen. And they were trying to change the story, you know, like, are you sure it was gray? Mm -hmm. I don't think it was gray. I was like, forget this, dude, forget this. And I didn't even submit it. I just stopped talking to them. I stopped answering their emails. So, yeah, those guys don't know. It was gray. I know it was gray. It was, yeah, it was gray, period. And it was huge. It was, uh, it wasn't seven feet. It wasn't seven and a half feet, dude. Like, this thing was 10 feet. It was massive. Wow. Just, yeah, and it was just the dog, half of the dog just scared me. Like why? Like where did it get the dog from? Like where? Like you know what? It yeah. was, that freaked me out. Like where did it get the dog? Where did it get whatever it was carrying? It was like did it kill the dog's owner? Is it a stray dog? Like that's what freaked me out a lot. Like and how? A lot of questions, doesn't it? Yeah, like well, this thing was under everyone's nose for how many years, and nobody even knows they're there. It's just crazy. It's. So many thought, and it, it literally consumed me after that. You know, I had nightmares for years that I was in my hallway and this thing was going to get me and I'd wake up. But then after the fear died down a little, I became like obsessed with the subject and it just like set in that and I was just, 
not like to go out all the time by myself because I was scared, but just reading stories and reading reports and researching the subject, I, it just consumed me. How much longer after your first disencounter was the second one? Years and years and years. The second encounter was only last year. I mean, it took me forever. I mean, I, being over here in New Jersey, like nobody even would like think of talking about like and no none of my friends no one i know would even think about like going out to like if i mentioned going out to try to get an encounter with a sasquatch they'd look at me like what, the, what are you even, what are you talking about and it's just more guarded up over here i guess because there's not there's not as many wilderness areas it's you know it's very populated it's people are closed-minded over here I mean, there are researchers and there are areas where these things are, the Pine Barrens and then up where I had my encounter up in uh, the Wyanoke Highlands, which is like 3 million acres that goes into New York and Pennsylvania. So this was probably 10 years later. And I'd started researching real hard in 18, 19. I didn't discover your guys' show until a few months ago. I wish I had, but it was basically the forest friend bullcrap you know that that's all i was getting that's all that's like that's what was available so that i thought they were curious and they were whatever whatever but in the back of my mind i knew there was more going on because i'd seen one carrying half a dog so i mean i i knew they weren't as gentle as everyone put out but i would lie to myself so i could get myself out in the woods and i'd probably been out four or five times before this encounter the same area there's a town called west milford and right up past there's woods heavy dense woods all the way into new york state and pennsylvania so there's a big uh, reservoir that i would go to and i finally convinced one of my friends to go out with me because i couldn't i couldn't stay out overnight it was there's no way i was going to last by myself so we went out i hadn't told him why we were going out i told him we're going to fish and camp for the night because if i told him what i wanted to do he would look at me with three heads so we went out and I'd actually been in this area three days prior in a row because I the na the natives up there call him Old Red Eye or it, Old Red Eye, and that's where the legends come from. And Old Red Eye is obviously based on Sasquatches that were in that area. And we still have uh, the natives up there, American Indians up there. So I had found the third day I went out to this area by the reservoir. You hike straight up a ridge and then it flattens out a little, but it's past the reservoir. There was a dead bear with its head twisted 180 degrees and the hindquarters ripped off. Right in this area also, and this actually happened recently, a week or two ago, there was, I mean, what they put in the paper as a bear stalked and killed a kid and his friend was there with him. None of the quotes came from his friend. His friend said they were being stalked by something and he ran. He doesn't know what killed his friend. It was in the papers as a black bear attack which I didn't speak out against because I look like an idiot because I have no proof or anything. It's just, it seemed odd. They haven't gave, given the body to the family and bears don't, black bears in this mm -hmm. area do not stalk people. I mean, they'll run. They'll, there's no way a black bear would stalk somebody. So it, it was odd to me. But this encounter happened a year ago in the same area where this kid, quote unquote, was mauled by a bear a week ago. Um, so we're camping we, we passed the reservoir and there's a stream. There's a, I didn't want to camp by the stream or the lake. Cause I, I just had, I don't know. I had a weird feeling there were, I mean, all kinds of animals congregate over there. I didn't want to just stumble on a mountain lion, bear territory. I mean, the game, game wardens say there's no mountain lions over here. There are, 
So, I mean, I know not to trust what they say, but I just didn't want to camp in, there's two ridges. I didn't want to camp in the middle of the ridges by the lake, by the stream. We ended up doing that because it's easy to fish there. And I didn't want to tell them, oh, if we're in the middle of the game trail, something's going to happen. I didn't want to freak them out. So we ended up camping in between the two ridges past the reservoir. And there's a lake stream that runs. I've been out, I've done, I've done whoops and stupid crap like that before and knocks and, you know, none of the calls, none of that ever proved effective for me. I mean, I'm sure they know when people do calls, they can tell the difference. So I figured we'll just camp out for the night, see if anything happens. All I did were two single wood knocks at the start of the night. And that's it. We got in our, we just had sleeping bags, no tent, no lean to, nothing like that. So, you know, an hour or two after we, I did two wood knocks and he was, he's like, why'd you just hit a tree? I still wouldn't tell him anything. I was like, I don't know, just seeing what kind of trees are out here. I did a knock on a tree and knock on another tree. So the ridge to our left, there's a ridge to our left that's a little higher and a ridge to our right. The first call came from the ridge to our right. And the only thing I can describe it as was it sounded like a dinosaur. It was a roar. It wasn't a whoop. It wasn't a scream. It was a roar. It was, and I told Wes before when we were on the phone that it sounded basically exactly like, I don't know, if Will, if you've heard the, the, the screams from Clipper Mills that that guy recorded with his wife. Yeah, right. Yeah, I had come across those, and I played them 20 times in a row, and that was the, that was the sound that I heard. It was a roar. It was, it it, it just shook me. It, it shook me. I could feel myself moving. I At this point, I sat up, and I thought I'd made a, maybe made a mistake going out there. I still wasn't that scared. It was on the ridge. I mean, this ridge was a good hundred yards away there. And the one on the left was the same. So I was like, okay, it's on the top of the ridge. I don't like to jump to conclusions. I knew it wasn't anything I'd ever heard before. I knew it wasn't a bear. I'm like, unless there's a giant dinosaur in New Jersey, it, it sounded like a huge male, male Sasquatch. Like that's what it sounded like. That's all. I mean, I'd never heard one before, but it was, it was a roar. He sat up, he didn't know what the hell was going on. He just looked at me. I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. I mean, at this point, it's it's almost like surreal because there was nothing else. We knew there was nothing in the woods that made that noise. He didn't know anything about this subject, so he was a little spooked. So I laid back down. My eyes are open staring. I mean, I, I thought maybe I'd made a mistake coming out here now. It's me and him alone. There's no people for miles, and this thing just shook us. And then from the ridge to the left, we hear a scream and it wasn't a roar. It was a scream. So at the time I'm trying to go through my head. It, it sounded like one of the Snohomish Washington recordings, but I mean, if you're there, in per I can't, I'm trying to portray it to you guys, like how loud it was. I mean, if you've heard it, then, you know, We've heard I can't it, really yeah. do it. All right. Yeah. I, you said it, that's why. Yeah. You guys know, I can't even do it justice. Like how loud and just blood, yeah. like there's no animal. There's no animal. Uh, there's no other animal that, that can make that noise. Yeah, there's no comparison. There's no, it, it, thank you. There's no, there's, and when people ask me, like, was it a bear? Was it a mountain? Like, ha, like I look at them and I'm like, how, like, how could you even ask me that? But then again, they weren't there to hear it, so I don't blame them. I, you, you just can't portray it unless you've heard it. So, just like when I try to describe what I saw when I was 12 or 13, people just can't grasp it. I, I and I stopped trying after a while because there's no way I can portray. <laughs> there's just no way words can can portray what I saw. So after yeah, the scream, it was, that you can't relate it. Exactly. And, you know, these researchers that asked me a million questions from the BFR, I was like, I mean, they've never, I don't know. I just feel, I'm not saying you have to see one to, to be interested in the subject, but you just, you're not on the same level as 
you can't you can't connect with what I'm saying unless you've seen it exactly. or heard it. Exactly. It's just and I'm you know, you guys it's not that's why I wanted to talk to you so bad and I wasn't trying to be a dick to them. It's just I can't I can't deal with it unless you know what I'm talking about. We can't have a conversation. We really can't. So exactly. the scream the scream comes off. Now I'm now I'm scared. I'm like I'm like I'm like how could this happen to me when I've seen one of these things? How could this how could this be happening to me again? It's like getting struck by lightning twice is more like uh more um likely than having two encounters. I'm still trying to play it off my mind. I know there's nothing else that could be. It's it almost just like it scared me to the point where I was having an out of body experience. I was just sitting up I, I was just sitting up staring into the distance. He's getting scared. He's panicking. He he doesn't know what to do. He sees me just staring out. And the what I'm guessing was the female that screamed, we hear start walking towards us. I mean, the ridge was, and it was walking. We heard it walking from that far away. It had to be a hundred yards. This thing covered, covered a hundred yards. I don't even, I, before I knew what was going on, it was, it stopped 10 feet away from us and it was pitch black. He's getting the flashlight down. I'm like, please don't shine the flashlight. I, I had a feeling if I shine the flashlight, it was going to come out and rip us to shreds or the one that was up on the ridge behind us was going to run down and rip. I, I just didn't want to shine a light. I'm begging him. Don't turn the light on. I still can't see the one that just came down on us, which I'm guessing was a female. I don't know. It sounded way different than the roar. It was a scream. So that stands there for five seconds. We're staring. We're like, All right, I don't, I don't think it's going to do anything. He still doesn't know what it is. Five seconds later, the one on the other side comes charging down. Mm. And I told Wes this, if, if I say it's, if I say it was like an elephant coming down, it, I feel like it was even more than that. I feel like it was like two elephants coming down. I don't know. It, it seemed like it was deliberately ripping shit out of the ground as it was running. It, it, it if it didn't stop, it would have ran us over. It, it would have, it would have popped our heads with its feet. If it just kept running straight, it, it would have just ran us over or it would have ran out and I don't even, it, it w no effort at all. It would have tore us in half. I mean, the size of it, like what we were hearing. So it comes charging down, and as soon as it, like as soon as it got close to us, it, it, it was like amazing how quick it stopped. It, I don't. It, it was. It's like a car coming. To, I don't know, coming to a halt. Even a car skids. Like I don't know how this thing just stopped. It just, it covered from the ridge all the way down to the camp, and it stopped right out of sight. So I'm looking down at him. He's, he's, I can tell he's almost about to cry. He doesn't know what's going on. I know what's going on at this point. I don't want to freak him out. And as, as soon as I turn away from him and look back up, the thing's in view. There had to be half a moon. I mean, I could see it. It was, it was one of those nights where, you know, if there's snow on the ground, everything's lit up and you can basically see in the dark. Right. Like it, it, it was almost like that. I could see, I could see well if it was, close enough. but once it got once like maybe 30 feet went out into the wood line I couldn't it was it got pitch black but I could this thing was close enough that I could see it so as soon as I looked up I saw half of its body I don't know if it was as big as the one I saw when I was 12 or 13 maybe because I was smaller back then it seemed bigger but I still know it was gigantic it had no breasts it was gigantic the shoulders had to be the same size as the one I saw when I was younger it just I don't like the width of it. <laughs> it looks like, I don't know. It just looked like a paint. Like it almost looked like a painting. Like how could anything be that wide? And I laugh about it now, but 
I can't, I can't describe the fear when I was looking at it. I mean, it had, it probably, it would have taken one step and took my arms and, and ripped them out of the sockets. I mean, the shoulder, if, like I said, if I were to lay down, the shoulders would have went probably as wide from the tip of my head to my knees or right above my knees. I mean, I, I was way too scared to like try to go through measurements. I mean, I just know it was huge, the shoulders that I didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't like 42 inches, but I, I couldn't, I just knew it was wider than anything I'd ever seen in my life. And when I looked back down at him, he was in tears. The tears were coming down his cheeks. I didn't know. He, I'm like, dude, just, just whatever you do, don't shine the light. If, I knew if he shined the light on that thing, it, it would have, I don't know. It, it would have killed one of us, if not both of us. I don't know. Yeah, I just knew I was uh, the whole encounter, which probably lasted only a minute, even though I'm telling it so long. From the time the female came down and the down, it probably lasted only a, a minute. I mean, they got they covered so much ground so quick. And when I looked up, he was just standing there. Like, didn't do anything, dude. I, literally, we just sat. We sat. We did nothing. You made all that extra noise. That's what they were doing. They were challenging you. To see what you were going to do, probably to see if That's you were so, or or whatever. So but scary. They made all that extra noise. I wish I would have said to him, like, "Look how big I am. I'm not a threat to you." I mean, I, I couldn't talk to it. I can I don't know how these idiots say, say say they communicate with these things. I don't know what if they're lying. If, if they're full, I don't know. I don't know how you could. I, think I, I couldn't even muster. Dude, they have to be delusional. I mean, if you if you're in front of one of these that close, you can't speak. You can't. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some people can. I couldn't. I mean, my oh, friend is sitting there crying. He doesn't know. You know what I mean? Like I, when I was 16 at 15 feet. So wow. See, so, yeah. So yeah, you know what I'm. I mean, I was 12. I know you know what I'm talking about. You you were young too. What you're talking about? Yeah, I wanted to hear your account in full one time. I only heard Wes's, but yeah. And so I look. He's he's in tears. I look back up, and I told Wes this before. It was like when it got down close enough to where I was staring at it. It was almost, it was, I know it was not a breath. I mean, the thing is covered that much ground that quick. I know it can do, it probably could have ran 30 miles an hour, another 10 miles if it wanted to, but it was breathing in like, like it, when it was going out, it was like, <gasps> but it was breathing in just, I can't even imitate what it was doing when it was breathing in, but it was just as hard as when it was breathing out. And then Wes had told me in his encounter, it was doing the same. So I know I wasn't going crazy. I don't know if that was to intimidate us or, but it That's was a behavior, right? Yeah. And the one, yeah. Because it's out of breath. It's a behavior. Okay. Yeah. I was like, there's no way this thing's out of breath. I mean, this thing right. could have, <laughs> and the one behind us wasn't making any noise. I, I'm guessing it was a female. I have no idea. We never saw it, but it wasn't making any noise. It was just, I'm guessing it was still standing, observing while this bigger one had come into view. I mean, it must, right. it, exactly. It, it must've known that we could see it. It and it pops, and the other one knew. Dominant. That's scary, Jesus. All it would, if it stepped out, the other one would have came from behind, and they would have, uh, without something that big. More than I, the two there. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking there were probably more off. I mean, I wasn't thinking at the time. I was just thinking, please, can I live? Like, it's it that. It's like having a gun here. It's like. Yeah, you just want all, to that. You situation. think. It, Exactly. All you think about is like, I could die right now and I'm not going to see tomorrow. Like the last image I could have is this thing's hand coming down and doing whatever. That's, 
that was the last time I went out. But yeah, he was, and the thing eventually after I heard, I, I, I looked down because I looked at it for three seconds, saw its shoulders, its head, how big it was. And I couldn't look at it anymore. I looked down. I thought maybe if I look down, it'll think that I'm less of, I don't know. I'm less of, I, that's the only rational thought I had that if I didn't look at it, then maybe it would think I'm not a threat because the one when I was 12 or 13, I didn't look at its face either and it didn't come at me. So I'm thinking maybe not looking at it in the face helps. Well, the only thing I can think of. That. When, when researchers work with primates in the wild, yeah. staring at another, at a wild primate is sort of an act of aggression. Okay. So that's what they do when they try to get close to them is they'll, they'll not make direct eye contact. And a lot of native peoples have always said to, when you say encounter one of these creatures, don't look them in the eye. Don't look in their eye. Okay. Yeah. Right. Wow. Wow. Dude. Wow. I mean, I wonder, I'm, they can see perfectly in the dark. So even, it, if I looked up in its face, it probably, it still would have known I was looking at it in the eyes, even though it was, right? Yeah. It was pitch black. It would still see me. And he was, I felt so bad for taking this kid out. And You would, um, you know, are you going to go back out again? No, I don't. The, uh, that's what I was just about to get to. I, I looked down at him. He's crying. The only thing I could think of in the moment besides not looking at it was why, why was I, why did I come out here? Why did I put myself in this situation? Before this happened, I was all gang ho for it. Let's, I want to encounter this. The curiosity overcame the fear. And then as soon as this happened, I was put right back in fear and it was like, why did I bring myself out here? What did I do? It, my jaw was going. It was just, it was like surreal. It was, it was, and there's no way now to answer your question. Now I made a pledge. As soon as we, we heard the breath leaving, we heard it moving away. I heard the footfalls. Finally, I, like, I think my heart was pounding so fast that I didn't even hear it walking away at first. I just heard the breath moving farther away. Mm -hmm. It was, I could hear the, my heart in my chest and no, I'm not going back out unless I have a group. I, I made that pledge to myself. That was it. That was all I needed. I, I, uh, I, I'm fascinated with the subject. I, I want to learn about these things, but I, I can't. I, I don't know how people do it. I, there's, unless I have a group of six or seven people, there's, I, I, I can't. I won't feel comfortable. There's no there was way. An interesting thing you mentioned before about the, the bear that was found dead with its yeah, that, turned that's, 180 degrees. With its you, you have to think what in the world world could do that could do that could do that with its bare hands there were no cut marks nothing right and it, and it sort of narrows it down there's not many things that could really and nothing that i know that's exactly exactly what i told Wes before that if you if you know they're real i know they're real you know they're real he knows they're real she knows they're real if you know they're real and you accept they're there that's what did it i mean there's nothing else it could be if you don't I, believe that these things exist then you're going right. to find some alternate explanation well, it, it was. It was were missing too, right? The hind, dude. The bear. I walked up, and it's laying in the clearing. I, I didn't. I didn't tell you guys this part. I told Wes before. There were tracks around it, no toes or discernible heel or anything. But there were. I, I'm guessing. I didn't have a tape measure, but I was guessing there were 18 inch impressions near the bear, and then there were smaller ones over by where the wood line was. Not a juvenile per se, but they were smaller than the than the 18 inches. Right. There were impressions. I, I walked. Were ripped were, off. No, the bear's head was twisted. Off. No, no, they were ripped off. I know. I've been out in the woods. I know the difference between someone cutting something up and something ripped off. You could see pieces of the hair that were on the ground near it. It there was like pieces, like the guts were hanging out. It was ripped off. They were ripped off. Both le both back legs that, were ripped yeah. off. Yeah, and, you <laughs> and know its head was it was. 
is I, I mentioned this on the show before about the, why I investigated in 1980 a couple of elk that were torn apart by two of these things, and the hindquarters okay. were also missing on those two elk. And and if and I hear this over and over. This must be what they do. Well, hunters hunters will know uh, anybody who's that, dealt with with animals is there's a lot more meat, of course, on on the hindquarters than the rest of the okay. animal. So it's possible, you know, that's what they're taking in a lot of cases. It's the most protein for them, maybe. Then, yeah, right, right. because like when I, even when I was younger, the dog, the dog, it was only half of the dog. The dog's hindquarters were missing as well, and I made that connection. So, when I hear about these, the heads that are twisted, like you hear about that a lot. The animals' heads that are twisted first. A lot of times, and animals like that. Yeah, even the even if the necks are just snapped, but I mean, this when I came up on the bear, it was. <laughs> I feel bad laughing about it, but it looked so weird. Like it, the head was twisted all the way around. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it could have pulled the head off if it wanted to, but it, it was a twisting motion. It, it, I'm sure if it pulled, it would just. This it had to be three, four hundred pound bear. I mean, it wasn't a small black bear. It was. Right. It was a, it was a decent sized black yeah. bear, and it. it I mean, if, if if a bear could maul a human that easily, and this thing could do that to a bear that easily, what could that? What could it do to a human? It's probably like picking a doll apart. Like like we could pick a doll. Uh, yeah, we could pick a Barbie doll apart. That's how it would pick us apart. Exactly. That that's. that's I mean, these things need to be respected, man. I don't think people understand what, like, how vulnerable you are when. I mean. How many people go camping alone? And, you know what I mean? Like, and nobody even knows that they could be oh, right God. there watching you come out and take you as a meal. Exactly, and people do come out missing. Yeah, they do. And you know, I seeing David um, Pilate's book recently just scared scared the crap out of me because you know my head started going, my mind started racing. Like, what if I saw what I saw? What, what if it was, it was the thing I saw when I was 13 was carrying somebody's clothes after it ate them? Like, what if it was just somebody, a hiker's dog, after it ate the hiker? It just so right. much stuff was going through my mind. Right. Like, how could anyone think these things are friendly? And I don't know. Like, what? That, that, you, that's you one know, of the things that haunted me for all these years, Will. I think one of the problems where, where these ideas come from are they watch too much television. And because, yeah. you know, things are sanitized for us for, on television. They don't realize yeah. what real animals in the wild but, are like. Exactly. They're not going to go on TV and say, if you go into the woods, you're going to get torn apart, I guess. They want to make it nice and friendly so they get rating or whatever the reason. But it's just such <laughs> such an opposite experience of what I've had. Right. For, for many years, things, let's you know, use the example of chimps. Uh, for many, many, many years, I mean decades. You know, chimps were always called nature's jokester and, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and then you, know, you see them ripping apart other chimps. They have to be trained exactly. to be playful and do the things they do on television. In the wild, they're vicious. Yeah, wow. So true. And they, they found just recently yeah. they eat a lot more meat than was ever than people before. Exactly. Yep, I saw that too. They'll actually hunt down other chimps, like rival groups, and Absolutely. kill them and eat them. You see them eating the body parts. I saw a special on that geo, and you don't see that often, but it was scary. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm sure you guys you saw, remember that one lady who was I mean, and this was a chimp, uh, a tamed chimp. Remember this happened a few years ago. The chimp that mauled the lady and her face was just completely yeah. distorted. Right. Remember, you remember that? Her right. face was just completely mm -hmm. distorted. I mean, yeah. it was that was scary when I that was scary. And this was a tamed chimp, so imagine you're in the wild. They want yeah. you know. Yeah, they're nothing to mess with. In fact, no. Did you guys? 
No, because even with humans, you you press someone's buttons when they're pissed off, they they might hit you. It just I'm I'm sure primates are the same. You piss them off. I mean, I feel like Sas- Sasquatches don't have. I mean, well, I feel like they have short fuses. Very short temper anyway. Exactly. There you and go. That's that what I was thinking. So many cases. Thousands I mean, just accounts. just that we were there and the ridge pissed them off enough to to roar and come down at us. We did, we yeah, did not we didn't turn any lights on. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't we didn't turn any lights on. We didn't approach them. Nothing. I, a I roar and then a scream. Is long of a view, right? Yeah, and he, he. I was trying out to out of the wood line. He saw it from. The oh yeah, he was right next to me. He well. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was crying. I looked. He was. He was. There were tears coming down his eyes. I don't want to say I was more prepared, but I knew that I knew they existed. So maybe it was yeah. less. It was still obviously a shock to me, but I think it was less mm-hmm. of a shock just because I knew what they were, and he didn't know what he was looking at. I mean, he was he was just like mumbling gibberish. I didn't even understand what he was saying. He was in shock that bad. Like, I mean, he would be useless. I mean, I w- I knew I was the level-headed one there, even though I was scared out of my wits. So we were both pretty useless. And how long did? Yeah, how long did you guys sit there once assumed it was, it was gone? Pro- you guys- <laughs> we, we sat there for probably, we didn't even want, I mean, I, he wanted to go. I'm like, dude, I really don't feel, com- feel comfortable like leaving in the dark and walking back down this trail. And we weren't even on the show. We, it it would have taken us 10 minutes to get back to the trail. And then I just didn't feel comfortable. I'm like, please, let's just stay tonight. We'll, we'll move positions, but I don't feel comfortable. I mean, I, I felt like if we left, it would follow us out and kill us before we got to, back to the car, you know? I just didn't feel comfortable leaving in the dark. So we moved positions and nothing else happened that night. And I mean, I didn't sleep. He was laying, he was, I think he was pretending to sleep, but I, I saw him shaking. I don't think he ever fell asleep. Uh, yeah. I was sitting, I was, I was, I was sitting up all night. I can't, it felt like so long I, until the sun came up. It felt like days, days. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was. And after that, I just, I, I don't know how people go out without a group. I mean, I guess if you haven't had a scary experience, then. You don't know what to expect, but well, you know, I can't I, go I back tell out. people never go alone, ever. And that's the best. Of, if I was alone, if 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 I wasn't there, he wasn't there, and if I went out alone, I, I probably wouldn't even be talking to you. I really doubt it. It's very possible. Yeah. I mean, no, everyone says it's not going to happen to them. First. Yeah. What my first encounter? Yeah, your first encounter. Your description is just burned into my brain. Um, that that's exactly how it was. <laughs> For years, I would, I would, I literally had nightmares for years. Nightmares. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the way it is the first time, especially if you have a close encounter like that. It was thirteen. No way to describe away from me. What it does to you. No, I can't. And like, since you guys have seen it, it's just it's pretty cathartic telling you. No one else can understand. I mean, when I told the BFRO it had a dog, half a dog in its hand, they looked. They, I could tell they didn't believe me. It was. I'm like, all right, whatever. There's no reason I, to continue this dialogue. They had no idea. I don't, no, I they had no idea. They, really, they, had no idea. they don't believe you. For all of us to talk you, to each other that have seen these things. Exactly. Because This is know, where the knowledge comes from. And you're right. It's it's only someone else who's had a similar experience that can understand it. Yep. And I, I, I just couldn't wait to talk to you guys. Like, I mean, they were, t- they were like, are you sure it wasn't black? It wasn't brown? Are you sure it was gray? Like ten times they said in the email, "Was it? Are yeah, you sure it was great?" Listening to what you're I mean, saying, yeah. <laughs> you know. Did you hear what I said? I mean, if I, <sighs> why couldn't it, it be gray? Though that, that's so strange. I, why right? Couldn't it be gray? I'm, why is that so strange that it's? I mean, it, it had gray hair. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Well, you, you want know, me to lie and change my story for you guys? Variety of colors. You know, the the most the majority of them are, are kind of the cinnamon, cinnamon brown, reddish color. Yeah, yeah, and, and I do understand that. And but we have four different species too, so four different types. There's going to yeah. be a wide range, and black, and, and, brown, white, gray. I know. You know, there, there's and I almost just didn't like blame them. Just like with people, you know, there, there's variation in the species. Exactly, going to have a lot of change, a lot of differences. I mean, hearing you talk and hearing that, I mean, it's like night and day. Like they're clueless compared to you guys. So it's just, I don't even, I don't, I don't even blame them. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's night and day. I had I, and to get feedback so quick, I was so happy. I just, I mean, I I literally have told one other person my whole life about this, and I. What am I going to tell people? I saw a monster with half a dog in his hand. They're like, and and you know, they just can't. If nothing else for the audience, you know, at least we're here for people to talk to. Exactly, and you guys actually cared, you know. So, well, it makes Shannon, a us because we've been there. Yep. It's funny, Shannon, when you say it's burned in your memory. That I got off the phone with Chris a few hours ago, and that's all I thought about was seeing that Sasquatch standing in the middle of that trail, holding mm-hmm. a half a dog. I mean, it's like oh, burned yeah. in my memory. But Wes mm-hmm. called me right away. And we were talking about. It. <laughs> he told me you'd love it. Like, oh my god, <laughs> dude! It, it was it was disturbing. It was disturbing. I mean, it's still burned in my mind. It, it was disturbing. I mean, I, it still I is disturbing. What can do to animals. So I, I totally understand. So you know, you know, with the elk torn apart. Yeah. I mean, it was probably no. It probably ripped the dog with two fingers. I mean, I'm sure After it was a decent sized dog, but it looked tiny. It looked tiny in the thing's hand. Right. Right. <laughs> Oh God, it was disturbing. I'll tell you, Chris. What about the and, other young man that took off running? I mean, was he back at camp, like freaking out? He was. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even tell you when we got back to camp. He was sitting. He was sitting with three people, and I was as soon as I got back, I was scanning for him, looking for him. He was sitting by three people, staring at the ground, and they were talking, eating like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, whatever. He was just sitting there, staring at the ground. I got back. My jaw was still shaking. I mean, in both encounters, my jaw had been shaking. Maybe that's just how my body reacts to fear. And, you know, I'm sure everyone reacts differently. My jaw was shaking. The camp counselor had seen him. He, I guess he didn't make the connection. We snuck off together. I saw him looking at him, and he saw me walk back up. And he asked me what had happened. Why, like, where'd you go? He said I, I had no color in my face. I just told him I saw a bear. I didn't even want to deal with it. I said I saw a bear and I ran. He said, did it have cubs with him? I just, I don't know. I just kept making stuff up. I, I wasn't going to tell him. I didn't, I don't know. It, it just amazed me how close this thing was to 20 kids. How, like, did, it must have been there the whole time. I don't know. Did, it was, did the other kid say anything? or? No, I don't think he, if he went up to the other kid, it was probably in private. I still keep in contact with this kid. We didn't. We didn't talk the whole ride back, the whole bus ride back. We didn't say a word about it. Our parents were waiting for us when we got back. We just went our separate ways. And I've, I have talked to him since he moved, but I still keep in contact with him. I wanted to get him on the show. I wanted to get him to talk to you guys. He's still kind of iffy about it. But, uh, I mean, since it's the same encounter, I don't know if you'd have him, but it would be nice to have him corroborate it, you know? It would be it would see be his perspective on it. So. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I might I might have success, more success getting him to talk than the kid from the second encounter. That kid's just, he, I don't think he'll talk about it in public, but... The first kid, you might have some luck with. I told him I was going on the show whenever you guys gave me an email back, so maybe he'll come on after he hears me. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah I think like uh, 
like Will was saying, it's nice to get a different perspective, but we really don't need the other person to corroborate your. I know, your story. I know, you, I know you, know you guys I mean? know what I saw exactly. I, I know you're not like oh, yeah. exactly, and you guys know, you guys know. I mean, you, it like you like I've heard Will say it before. It's an instant rapport. Like you know when someone's seen it and you've seen it, you just oh, know. You can tell right away. You know, you can tell exactly. You don't need. I mean, that's why these guys who haven't seen one are like, oh, is anyone else there? Can I, you know, they might need that corroborating because they can't fathom it. They can't wrap their heads around it. Yeah. So, no, I just want to, I was going to say, I'm, I'll definitely contact you guys if he agrees to it or I'll, I'll give him your information. But I appreciate you guys having me on here. It really, uh, it's yeah, cathartic. It's a, you know, like I said, as gay as that sounds, it's, it's, it's a, nice. It's a great account. And uh, I know I... Yeah. I I didn't mean to interrupt a few times, or I was just like... <laughs> I didn't want to scare you guys. Sorry if you're going to have that image entrenched in your mind, but I had to get it out. Pretty well, much. still going crazy <laughs> with it. Really, Shannon, don't have nightmares. I'm sorry. Well, some accounts you really get absorbed in, you know, and yours is one of those. It, it, and I've heard a it, lot of you really, things, but yours is one of those that's right up there at the top. Right? Yeah. It's it made so many thoughts. I mean, I thought, like, my mind has raced since then. Like, what was it doing? Like, what, where did it get the dog? Why did it... Where was it all this time when we were hiking up the trail? So many questions, and that's why I became obsessed with the subject. Well, be so. safe when you're when you're out there, Chris. I know. Trust me. I of all people, I know. I mean, two encounters now. Is, I feel like <laughs> someone's telling me just stop going out in the woods. Like I don't know, like near death experiences twice now. I don't know. I just maybe I'm not. Maybe the woods don't need me out there or something. No, Shannon, but you, do you have a question? A... You were trying to get a word in there. You know, Chris, it's. You do get this weird, even though it scares you to death, you go through this fear. Weird and obsession, right? Yeah, you get this weird obsession, man, where you just want to go back After out. After the it's fear, almost, exactly. Yeah. The, fear's, yeah. the fear's still there. It's like pulling me out almost. And I'm sure I'm saying I won't go out now. I'm sure I will end up going back out, but I can definitely say I won't be alone or with one person. I need a group. That was just, that, that, that second encounter, was that was it for me. It was That was too scary. I can hear, I can still feel and hear that roar if I lay down in my bed at night. I really can. Yeah, no, I know. I really wanted to thank you for coming on and sharing it. I know sometimes it's not easy to share your encounter, but in the same breath, sometimes yeah, it feels it was, like weight's been lifted when you are able to talk exactly. about it off your chest. Both of those emotions at the same time, like you just said, a weight was lifted, but it was kind of, it, it gets, I almost feel like I relive it when I tell it sometimes, especially that first one. I mean, I could see the thing standing. I'm out in my driveway right now. I could see it standing. Like I can, I can picture the whole, the whole situation. I could see it just as clear as it was ten years ago. And I forgot a ton of other things. If I ever get back out, I'll maybe I can stay in touch with you guys if I find anything or some absolutely stay in touch. You know, come across anything. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Hi guys. Awesome. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, brother. All right, bro. That was a hell of an account. All you can say Good is, wow. Lord. It's like I said, you know, I've heard so many stories over the years, and, mm-hmm. and there's very few that you, that really grab my attention. That mm-hmm. one really grabbed it. I mean, yours and Woody's did, too. Some, but, you know, yeah. and, and each story has different elements, you know. Like what grabbed me about yours was the fact these guys were, they were hunting you guys. His, with with the dog torn in half and the bear, it, it's just sort of like, wow. You, know, you, you don't get too many people that actually see things like that. Yeah, I'm still thinking about his encounter. Oh yeah. No, that'll yeah, be my mind. Yeah, my mind kept just going back to the first one. Yeah, 
he was talking about the second one, but my mind was still kind of trying to process the first, and I'm like, holy cow, that's terrifying. And he did exactly the right things. I mean, probably not staring yeah. in the face was a, a really smart thing to do. I mean, they're not. I mean, it depends on the creature. Now, when I saw the two that I did the first time, I stared back at him, but I was holding a mm-hmm. rifle too. So that may have been that may have made the difference there. In his case, uh, he was smaller, and he didn't look at it, which is what the Indians always say to do: is not not to look in their eyes. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think sometimes fear. That fear response saves our ass, like we've always talked about on the show. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it, it's something that's been created in us as a survival mechanism. Yeah. And apparently it oh, works. He's probably lucky that his friend taken off like that didn't, I mean, it didn't, you know, make the Sasquatch decide to blow up or get angry or anything. He just kind of went, okay. Right. Now, had they both ran, it may have chased them. I don't really understand the BFRO trying to change the color of the creature he saw. I don't get that. You know, those guys, I, I just have no respect for that group at all. You know, when him and I were talking, he said, hey, Wes, it was gray. And I said, okay. And he goes, no, really, it was gray. <laughs> yeah. And I go, no, well, I'm with you. Aww, yeah, I said, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's gray. I get it. And he goes, no, 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 man, it, it wasn't black, it wasn't... And I go, no, I get it, it was gray. I've seen a gray one, I get it. I mean, that, that makes sense to so me. How many times did he say that, then? It's incredible that yeah. they would try to change uh, the particulars of an account. It makes you wonder, when you go back in their database, how many how many details were actually changed from real stories? Yeah. Well, is that I mean, them trying to make them seem not as aggressive? I mean, is that the bottom line here? Is, it could very well be, I mean, well a torn be, up sure. dog in half? Is yeah, maybe they're trying to soft and... pedal. Yeah, they're trying to soft <laughs> pedal some of these accounts. Do you guys see the correlation between what Chris is talking about and what Jack was talking about with the oh, torn dog? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how dogs will never chase or go after these things. They won't track them. Been thrown into houses, thrown at people. How many times have we heard different things with dogs in the picture? Yeah. Yeah. And where dogs are, you know, either eaten, thrown, killed, what have you. Yeah, you know, Sasquatch terrifies me, and I want to share my terror with the world. But you cross my dog, and I guarantee me and the Sasquatch are going to go round and round. You cross my dog. You know what I mean? Well, you, well, you might go round. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> my head might go around. You'll try at least. Degrees. When I was stuck on the point where Jack was talking about, you know, how the, the jaws were ripped open. And everything you hear about pits is like, you know, once they lock their jaws on something, there's no way it's coming open until they decide to right. open. So that detail alone really sticks in my mind. Yeah, and then all the government agents showing up. You know, if the I know government... from all those different agencies, it's like, wait a minute now, over a dog fight, even if there is drug uh, people involved, does it yeah, really take all, all those, those different agencies. federal agencies? I mean, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. Guys in suits for a dog fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just doesn't, you know, that's where two plus two does not equal four. <laughs> no. Well, you know, I know the government listens to our show. And so if the guys in suits are out there, if you guys are hiring, <laughs> you know, if my website thing doesn't work out. We're there, man. We're there, man. Hey, I'll go out. I'll dust up tracks. I'll, may, I'll, I'll tell people they saw bears. That's right. Uh, we can be bought. <laughs> yeah, we can be bought. Yeah. 
Just throwing that out there. That's right. You know, just saying. Yeah, just a plan B. <laughs> I would taint you guys' resume. I'd find a way. You're not taking them. <laughs> Don't go to the dark side. <laughs> well, I want to thank Chris for coming on. I want to thank Jack for coming on and sharing his encounters. Shannon and Will, as always, thank you for being here. And until next week, everyone.
Precision Medicine holds great promise for treating genetic diseases such as certain types of cancers. To drive progress, Harvard Business School Executive Education has developed a new program, Accelerating Innovation in Precision Medicine, which brings together leaders from business, science, medicine, and technology to explore new models for advancing personalized medicine. The program takes place on the Boston campus in September. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me precision. That's hbs.me precision.